live and in color from the NBC News Radio Broadcasting Studios of KCAA, 1050 AM, 102.3 FM, and 106.5 FM, located in beautiful Southern California and in parallel from the Turfs Up Radio Studio in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Thanks for tuning in to the Water Zone Show this evening. Good afternoon and welcome to the Water Zone Show this week. I'm Rob Starr along with Chris Davey and we are the host of the Water Zone Show. I hope everybody's having a great day or evening depending where you are or morning if you're listening overseas. So we appreciate that. And Chris, how's things out in sunny California? You are correct. It is sunny in California today. But you know what? In this just strange year of weather uh, with summer storms in Southern California, which are virtually unheard of up until now. Uh, we got more rain coming this weekend. I don't think it's going to be a lot, though. I mean, you know, nobody's going to, you know, we're not looking to tie up the boat in the gutter, but uh, we got some rain coming. Well, California can use it no matter what, even though they had uh, lots of water a couple months ago. You know, there's nothing nothing better than having more water than you need. <laughs> so uh, so that's did. a good thing. Yeah. That's right. We did. And it's kind of weird because, um, Rob, you, you, you know I'm a native plant enthusiast, right? I've converted. Yep. You know, most most of my half acre, just over half acre lots and the native plants. And <clears throat> so all this interesting weather with this rain in the middle of the summer. I mean, it's got the Southern California native plants. Most of mine are chaparral type uh, plants. It's yep. got them all confused. They they don't know, you know, really, they don't they don't know what to do because uh, uh, it's, uh, it's not the usual. It's not the usual run of the run of the show. Right. So um, I've lost. uh you know, out of out of probably the 160 or so plants, I've probably lost uh, at least a dozen and a half uh, this this year because of um, root rot and uh, other things caused by the summer rain. Well, we, we were the opposite. We had uh, lots of uh, vegetation that died because of the hot weather up to 112 to 115, and even watering it longer twice a day. It, it just didn't say we had an orange tree that's that's gone. Uh, my wife wants to put in an avocado tree. She thinks that'll grow good here, so we'll see. Uh, we have two lemon trees. They're working. They're working fine, but a lot yeah. of a lot of shrubs. A lot of shrubs just took a beating, really, really bad. And uh, it's yeah. a shame. We just had, we just had some more in front of our house replanted yesterday, and uh, waiting for them to come do the backyard to finish that up. We tear out the dead trees and you know move the other stuff. But anyway. Uh, yeah. It's 97 degrees out here in uh, sunny Arizona, and uh, it's a nice day. It's supposed to cool down by next week. It's supposed to be in the high 80s, so that'll be a nice weather, and uh, we're doing real well. Well, you know what next week is, Chris, do you? You know what's happening next week? It's the first week of October. Nope, yeah, I know I'm... where you're going to be, uh, but yeah, <laughs> I'm pulling your leg, man. You're going to walk with a limp now, Rob, so um, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> next week, yeah, next week. Next week, you guys are going to be uh, off-site uh, in Las Vegas. Yep, Smart Innovations Week, and that's at the South Point Hotel, and it's mostly uh, water agencies across the country. A lot, of, a lot of contractors are coming to that. It's a big event. This will be the 16th year, and uh, we were one of the founders of that, or uh, one of the first members with them, and uh, we're very happy to still participate. And there's going to be some exciting news that I can't talk about until Thursday night. Uh, because things are happening there that uh, uh, are are going to be good for the show, and uh, I, I really want to tell everybody, but I'm, not, I'm I've been ordered not to say a word until end of end of day uh, uh, or at four o'clock, four o'clock our time. Uh, 
uh, next Thursday. So I'm looking forward to that. But we got another yep, big yep. event. We got another big, yeah, yeah, big gag order. We got another big event coming up, and that's the Irrigation Association show, and that's going to be in San Antonio. Why don't you talk a little about that? Yeah, I'd love to. Right, so on behalf of our our great friends and colleagues over at the Irrigation Association, the 2023 Irrigation Show is November 27th, and it runs through December first. So that's uh, you know that's a midweek. Right, so it's a it's a great show. All of you guys that have been to it before, all of our listeners are aware of just what that uh, show uh, offers our industry. It's in San Antonio this year. There's just access to hundreds of exhibitors from from all around the world, not not just in the U.S. Uh, it's an education week as well because there's you know there's tons of classes and education on just about everything you can find all the solutions you want, see all the advanced technologies that are available in the irrigation industry. It can help you with your business, accelerate you, your business, set you apart from the rest. You can uh, you can sign up by going to irrigationshow.org. That's all one string, irrigationshow.org. If you do it before October 17th, you'll get the early bird rate. After that, you'll get the late bird rate. So <laughs> let's know. It's it's worth it to go and sign and uh, and sign up uh, early if you if you know you're going to go or you're thinking about doing it, guys. Uh, sign up, register, and uh, and attend the show. It, it's awesome, Rob. I know you've been there for, I don't know, probably twenty plus years, thirty years, maybe of your career. You know it's good. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's you get to see new technology and talk to people who create this stuff. It's it's, it's awesome. And, um, yeah, we certainly recommend both the Southern Nevada Water uh, Smart in- Innovations put on by the AWWA. So that's going to be in next week in, uh, in, in uh, Las Vegas. So uh, just tell everybody, uh, our, all our listeners, really, really should go to these things, and uh, if you, especially if you're in the industry or want to get into the industry or want to learn more about what's happening. The technology, it's a, it's a great place to go. So we're, we're excited to uh, participate. And we'll also be broadcasting next Thursday at the Southern Nevada yep. Water Show. And then we'll also be in November, uh, we'll also be uh, uh, presenting live uh, uh, shows at, at the uh, convention center down there in San Antonio. So uh, got a lot of stuff coming up. And there's so many shows coming up in the next uh, two months. Unbelievable. Some that we're attending personally and some that our company is, but uh, we're, we're, we're off doing something else at the time. So anyway, well, it, um, it, is, it is the kickoff of the, uh, it is the kickoff of the show season for our industry, buddy. So, you know, uh, yep. GIE is another one that's coming up. There's a, you know, the green industry, um, and then there's a golf show coming up and, um, all the, um, folks that are behind this, Sports industry, the sports field industry, stadiums and sports fields and yep. synthetic turf and all that stuff. Their shows are coming up as well. So uh, in New Orleans, so a lot, a lot happening in our industry. Absolutely, absolutely. So we've got a special and, guest today. Well, I was going to say we have a special guest today, and um, his name is Dominic Rule, and he's uh, the superintendent, park superintendent for the city of, if I pronounce it correctly, Marana. I think that's how you pronounce it. And uh, he's going to join us. And uh, um, anyway, uh, we've got a lot of things happening over the next couple of weeks. So stick around and, and, and uh, keep tuning in. And uh, we appreciate that very much. So, 
introducing the gentleman, Mr. Dominic Rule. How are you today? Doing well, guys. Uh, thank you for how, uh, having me. I appreciate it. Great. And I just saw the audience, so as we were talking a little offline before the show started, I, I congratulated him actually the other day when I talked to him on the phone as well for a brand new addition to his family, a little beautiful baby girl. And that's in addition to the two girls that he has. And, and actually three girls. Girls. Can I call your wife a girl or she's more of a woman? I guess she's a woman. So, <laughs> so you got, uh, and the best advice I gave him was save up for weddings and proms and clothes and all that stuff and cars. So uh, he's going he's gonna to learn because they're still young and uh, he's got a way to go to save up. So I think he'll do a good job. So, so Dominic, tell me uh, kind of what you do at, 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 uh, at the parks and, and, uh, and, and oh, actually even before that. How did you get into this industry? What made you choose this direction that you're doing? You know, I uh, chose it by accident, honestly. Um, me and a buddy, we were working a side job. Uh, I would do landscaping on the side. I worked a night job, and then I'd go do landscaping during the day. Um, I was 21 at the time, and uh, I was asking buddy jeremy uh he was my best man at the at uh, my wife and i's wedding and i said dude i wonder what i should do for a living and he's like are you serious why don't you go do landscaping you know we we would do it so often and it was like a, a light bulb just went off like huh that's a really good idea um and so i i found myself at the time applying for a uh, groundskeeper position for the city of Tucson. And um, I actually wanted to be a police officer. So I thought, you know, this would be a great uh, stepping stone to get into the police department. And um, I'm there with uh, the city of Tucson as a groundskeeper for about two years. And uh, it just was not working out. For me to get hired on by uh, police agencies at the time, that was in about 08. And, uh, you know, when we're in high school having a whole bunch of fun and turning 21, you make kind of uh, some silly uh, decisions. And so those decisions were not allowing me to be a police officer at the time. And so uh, in Tucson, we we have some... Um, really nice homeless parks. Uh, the, the homeless are, are, uh, are there every day, you know, at, at some of the parks, um, just like up there in Phoenix, you know, and, uh, I was cleaning one of the toilets at the time. And I was like, you know what, if this is where I'm supposed to be, let it be. And, uh, after I just submitted to, to where I was at, uh, which was a groundskeeper. I submitted to the idea of um, making parks a career. It exploded. And so uh, it actually started by accident. But um, a few years into the career, I absolutely loved it and would not change um, anything. That's awesome. That's awesome. It's, it's funny how everybody got the career. I mean, I didn't come from landscape industry all my life. I was in the heavy-duty electronics business uh, for years and years. And then before that, initially started in the audio industry, uh, designing amplifiers and speakers and, and mixers and microphones and things of that sort. 
never thought I'd be in the uh, in the business of irrigation, and uh, but I've enjoyed it for the last uh, was coming up eighteen years, so I'm very excited about that. Chris Chris has been in it most of his life, I think, right, Chris? All of, pretty much all of my professional career literally started off on you know the business end of a shovel, right, and uh, got yeah. recruited by uh, Rainbird and had a had a, a career there. Then went to the ag side and work in the uh, farming industry, um, you know, large-scale uh, uh, rotational crop production and row crops and uh, fruits, stone fruits and, um, you know, all that stuff. So, uh, and then uh, finished up in the last 12 years here with uh, Toro. So everybody, uh, yes, it's pretty interesting. I, I, I like your story, Dominic. I mean, that's, you know, that's, that's not unusual, you know, for the, your thinking. I mean, you, you 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 were smart enough to know what you liked, where you saw opportunities and things like that. And then, how did you how did you work your way up to getting your present position? How did that happen? Yeah, yeah. You know, it was uh, a sixteen year journey, really. Um, so I was a groundskeeper uh, there for the city of Tucson. Um, I was a groundskeeper for about four years. And uh, I, I had the chance to um, a irrigator position came open. So I was like, you know what? Uh, as a groundskeeper, I started to get more familiar with sprinkler heads and, and just kind of found it really cool. I loved digging as a kid. My mom would be like, get outside, go get your shovel, go dig. You know, I, so as a kid, I was always playing in the mud. And uh, come on, you can get paid and play in the mud? I was like, soul. And so I was I was an irrigator uh, for about two years. And um, my eyes really opened up at that point to infrastructure. Um, with the city of Tucson and the parks department, the... Uh, there's about uh, 140 parks uh, that uh, that the irrigators maintain, and uh, we we had a large variety. We had um, park Reed Park is kind of like a uh, uh, you you have a big pond, you know, kind of like your golf course irrigation. So you have a big pond, and it pumps into a 18 inch main line. And, uh, you know, goes throughout the park, pump a few thousand gallons a minute. So we had that. And then you'd have our very low pocket park systems of, like, two drip stations. So as an irrigator, I got to see infrastructure as a whole. And um, I liked it. I liked it. I liked the emergency aspect of it. Like, we got to break. We got to do this. And. It always felt good at the end of the day to put a good product forward for the public, you know, yeah. to, to basically provide water to give landscape life. Felt good. And um, at a point, though, I knew if I needed to go to management, that, I mean, I was in my 20s at the time. I, 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 I wanted to be a leader. I wanted to make decisions. And so... I transferred, another position came open, I transferred uh, and became a lead groundskeeper. So I oversaw about 18 parks 
A Mountain was one of them. I uh, oversaw 18 parks and about uh, 10 groundskeepers. And uh, that was, you know, an entry-level supervision. And um, I was there for about two years doing that. Uh, and, and I had a few situations come up where, uh, for, um, for an example, one of the playgrounds, uh, it was unsafe at the time. Uh, it was kind of rotten out at the base. It was about 25 years old. So I, I told uh, management, I said, hey, we, we got to get this removed, you know. So uh, I, uh, we removed it. And then I gave them some options. You know, uh, a very low dollar amount. Like, this is what we can put back. And and at the time, they said, you know, uh, we just don't have funding for that right now. And not that I was angry that they said no to me, you know, but it, it, I was thinking as a whole, you know, where do I want to be as a leader in a government agency? And, and it, it was at that time where I knew I, I needed to go back to infrastructure and go back to having my hands in the decision that would mold the landscape for generations to come. Because during the, the um, lead groundskeeper position, you know, we're just uh, maintaining for today, right? We're, we're maintaining right. the ball field. We're cutting the grass today. We're, we're doing everything today. And I, I just had a huge longing in my heart. It was like, Dom, you, you need to do something for tomorrow. Like, and, and it was clear. And so I went, I took another, uh, took another position, went back to irrigation. And uh, at that time, they called a lead irrigator a plumber. So I took a plumber position, had nothing to do really with facilities, uh, I, you know, sinks, none of that. It was a position that oversaw irrigation. Now I had my hands back on infrastructure. And uh, uh, through some years um, in that position, water conservation started getting really hot, and that was what was that? About 10 years ago, um, Tucson Water came to parks and said, hey, we want to partner with you uh, on water conservation. Uh, where do you need help? And I was like, where do you want to start? Most of our properties, our irrigation systems are 50, 70 years old. You know, we're still uh, running um, the cement asbestos pipe we're still running steel pipe galvanized pipe and at the time it was you know three quarters of our of our um, infrastructure was all of that and i was like where do we start and so they tucson water it was fantastic they gave us three million dollars at that time uh and so worked that i uh, did did some very large projects some really good stuff and then irrigation supervisor came open and I was like, me, you know, like I'm ready, you know? <laughs> and so then, uh, for the last five years, um, I, uh, was 
the irrigation supervisor for the city of Tucson Parks. And that really al- allowed my my foundation to be built solid. Um, met some really good folks in the industry, uh, uh, a lot of good contractors, a lot of really good landscape architects. Um, Carl Kaminsky uh, was he, I'm so grateful that guy lives in Tucson. Um, he is uh, a huge mentor of mine, and uh, he really helped me grow in the last um, five, six, seven years. And uh, I, I've been able to implement about uh, five, five million in the ground, and then we had another five uh, before I left. Uh, the city to go to the town of Marana. Um, we had another five million for more water conservation um, to get put in the ground. Uh, but um, like you said, you know, j- just had a new kiddo, right? And yeah. uh, I, I was just looking at some some life decisions. Yep. Makes Do I want to be burnt out when I come home? You know, I, 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 I was looking at those tough decisions. Do I want to continue the pace that I'm doing now? Or do I need to go another direction so I can be dad when I get home? You know, when when you're operating at a really uh, high level um, professionally, you know, you, you, you got to chew, really. And yep. uh, especially with water and irrigation, I mean... Uh, water's not going to wait for you to repair it. It's going to leak continuously, you know? Yeah. So so when when you have an aging infrastructure and um, uh, a low low amount of staff, that, that really puts a burden on, on the leaders. And um, I just I, I, I just kept uh, an open mind. And uh, one morning as I was headed in, into work, I saw that the town of Marana had a park superintendent open, and um, just really, really enjoy what that town leadership is currently doing. Uh, they are doing some excellent, um, some excellent things, and uh, their reputation uh, for valuing, you know, their their people, uh, valuing their community is absolutely true and i was able to make the change i've been there since oh uh july uh mid-july i started there uh so about three months now i've been the park superintendent over there oversee so um made a professional change right i i was headed in the direction of being a irrigation water guru uh infrastructure and then I, um, you know, transferred to, to really making that impact park-wide now. Uh, so going back to infrastructure, my passion is to build some really awesome things. Really awesome things, top-notch, that serves the community for generations. You know, generations that I will never see. Uh, I, I want our fruit today to pay off decades. And uh, truly, that's that's what drives me, you know, is um, 
is relationship like this. You guys are awesome. Thank you for having me uh, today. And uh, just the passion uh, for being really a, a civil servant, serving others. I think it's fantastic. Well, you got a, it sounds like you got a great passion for it. And one, one thing, I'm, I'm sure I'm older than you are. The one, one advice I would give you is, <laughs> the one advice I would give you is, is that your kids are only kids for a short period. <laughs> yeah. You want to be around in my career. I want, I'm not going to go into a whole thing, but I live overseas when my family was here in the States and I'd come home every six months for a month and then go back again and did that for years and years and years. And it was, it's, it's real strange to do that. It sounds great. You know, the money's good. You get to be an expat, you know, first 80, 85,000 you make is tax free in the U S and I mean, there's all these benefits and stuff, but man, it takes you away from your family and you don't get to see your kids grow up or you don't get to, to hug or kiss your wife. And it's just strange. I mean, the first time, I'm a little weird about this, but you know, first time I, I was there for six months and then came back for a month before I had to go back again. And you were going to kiss your wife. It, it felt different. <laughs> it's like a new person and, and, or a different person. It's just, it's just strange. So you, you're making the right, the right career. We're going to take a little uh, commercial break and then we'll be back. We've got some more things we can go on. I want to I know Chris and I got some questions on uh, some of the, the fun things that happened, some of the, the crazy things that you saw and, and what some of the challenges are. So stick around. We're going to be back in just a minute. we got to uh, take a little commercial break from our sponsors, and uh, we'll be right back. KCAA Loma Linda. The legacy KCAA 1050 AM and Express 106.5 FM. Water is one of the biggest expenses for communities, HOAs, universities, golf courses, and resorts. So keeping those costs under control, especially when rates are increasing while water supplies are being reduced, are often essential to a customer's survival. Managing water requires multiple skills, which is why it's been complicated and difficult until now. AquaTrack brings multiple skills and technologies together to help large system users conserve outdoor water and improve the health of their landscapes. AquaTrack's professionals are certified landscape water managers and certified landscape irrigation auditors. The company offers audit services, upgrade advice, technical expertise, and water use monitoring. We already manage irrigation water for the largest homeowner associations in Arizona, and we're prepared to bring our knowledge and experience to help others, including landscapers and designers. Give us a call and hear how AquaTrack saved one HOA some 430 million gallons of water and $200,000 in annual water expenses. AquaTrack is Arizona-based, and you can reach us at 623-594-8689. That's 623 623- Moving up in this industry means getting the most out of each day so you can focus on growing your business. With Site One, you're in control and we're here to help. It starts with the right team. Our irrigation pros can help map out a complete, streamlined system that meet any requirements or regulation. And from the first dig to years after install, knowledgeable experts are available in branch or resources are available online to help find solutions specific to your needs. Next, we make sure you have the right tools to get the job done with the largest selection of top brands in the industry, bringing the latest in Wi-Fi enabled controllers, rotors, 
sprays, valves, and drip components. And because hard work should always be rewarded, you'll receive personalized pricing and earn loyalty points on qualifying purchases to help you grow. You're in control. Site One is here to help. Miss your favorite show? Download the podcast at kcaaradio.com. Well, all right, everybody, and welcome back to uh, the second half of the Water Zone Radio Show program. I'm your host, Chris Davey, along with the ever-present and all-knowing Rob Starr. We're going to continue in just a minute with our uh, guest, Dominic Rulo, Park Manager of the City of Marana. But uh, before, I just want to ask a question because I, ma- I managed the, uh, the message board here during the show, and several people have asked us, where's Chris Austin of Maven's Notebook today? So... Um, I'll let you know we're we're going to skip a week with Chris because she's out on another obligation this week. But uh, she will be uh, back not next week, but the week following that. So she's got actually a two week uh, a two week break. But uh, appreciate the notes uh, for Chris, and I'll make sure that uh, that she gets them. All right. So back to our guest uh, Dominic. Man, I got to tell you, you know, great story of how you got into the industry and how it kind of. Um, I guess it chose you, right, over you choosing it, kind of a thing. Uh, I and I think that I I think it's awesome. But I think what we want to do now is kind of get into talking about that passion you were describing, that passion about conservation, that passion about making a difference today that's going to last for decades and decades uh, on, so your kids can experience that. Um, and I know for for Rob and I, both of us, uh, conservation certainly is a is a huge. Uh, topic on our show here on the water zone uh, probably 50% of the content um, is around what we can do for conservation and that's delivered on behalf of uh, uh, of Rob and I um, to make the show that uh, that sort of focus so let's let's see if we can let's get into you know let's dig into it a little bit all pun intended by the way uh, and and ask about uh, you know your views on con- on conservation there's a there. Let me narrow it down because that's a broad question. But let me narrow it down for you. When when you look at um, all the things that we can talk about in terms of what the local agencies are doing and their outreach and all that stuff, we've talked about that before. But you, as a as a parks manager in the city that you work in, how do you see conservation making an impact? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think the way conservation has an impact is through integrity. Uh, at any level, if you don't have integrity, uh, you you kind of really throw conservation to the wayside. And um, uh, me as an individual, I, I am all about courage and integrity and uh, just doing the right doing the right thing because it's the right thing to do. Uh, I mean, that that's what drives um, conservation for me. So uh, what it looks like um, is uh, trying stuff that nobody has tried before, uh, knowing what you know works for your area because you're the subject matter expert. You know, anybody can come from another state and tell me that, Oh, I, I have the, the best product 
for you. And, you know, if, if, if it sounds good and you think it fits, give it a try. If, if you're still having second thoughts in your mind, let time pass. Think about it, right? So uh, you're, you're really your subject matter expert on, on what your needs are. And uh, implementation and follow-through, right? If, if you're trying new, thr- new things, uh, that will uh, conserve, conserve water, conserve labor, conserve anything. Um, you got to see it all the way through. Uh, uh, yeah. A lot of things. Uh, a, a lot of times, people are like, you know what? That's a great idea, Sam. Let let let's do it, and they just press play, but they never press review. Or is it still the best fit for us? You know, they, they never put, um, they just press play on the system, but they never monitor the system to, to see if it's even uh, conserving whatever you wanted it to do, a natural resource or, or labor or money. And um, so follow through. Follow through is huge uh, with conservation. And uh, bandwagon. Bandwagons come, Dominic. right? Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, do you work with, you know, with the city that you work with? Do you, yep. I'm, I'm not sure of the infrastructure around there or who the water provider or providers are, who, who are the uh, purveyors, uh, the water agencies locally, but do, does the city have, have a relationship with the, the local water agency or agencies? Yeah, so the city of Tucson, uh, former employer, uh, I had a very good working relationship with uh, Tucson Water. Um, Parks was a premium water user. You know, our, our water budget, um, we oversaw facility water as well. You know, everything that uh, flowed through a Parks and Rec meter, um, it was about 8 to $9 million worth of water. Uh, and then now with the town of uh, Marana, Again, uh, town of Marana Water, uh, town of Marana Parks and Rec, we have a very good relationship. Like, you have to. And uh, also uh, another entity out in Marana is uh, uh, CMID, uh, Cortero Marana Irrigation District. So right. um, yeah. out in Mar- Marana is, is famous for farmland, uh, for uh, cotton and uh, all of that. And, and it's a real big uh, agriculture town. Uh, yeah. And so now uh, I'm starting to forge that relationship. Our water, that's a, that's a crucial relationship to have, you know, and uh, absolutely. Do you do you work with service on the service side of that? Do you work with those guys and you know kind of kind of dig a little deeper and penetrate down to the user? I mean, you know, whether it's a farmer or residential or or, or whatever. Does do the water agencies in your in your district in your area do they have like programs and promotions and things like that for you know homeowners to save water and be more water conscious and you know, I mean, I, we can go into it because there's, you know, change yeah. your landscape, get rid of your lawns, all that kind of stuff. Kind of describe to us where, where you're at with that. Yeah, um, 
You know, with, with the city of Tucson, they they were really heavy out front uh, with conservation, um, meeting neighbors, and uh, just out in the community. Um, they also incorporated a, a program which was uh, uh, GSI, and that was Green Stormwater Infrastructure. So basically harvesting the rain rock water off of your home, off of the, the surface street, uh, putting it into basins, um, and, and using plants to filter out uh, the bad stuff and, and help clean up water before it hits the uh, uh, the washes uh, here in the desert. You know, the, those washes get raging pretty good, but it's with yeah. everything on, on the hardscape. And so uh, I know Tucson Water is doing that uh, amazingly. Um, Towner Marana, again, I've, I've been there for about three months. And uh, uh, again, they, they are a, a big water source to the community. And uh, they're out uh, talking about conservation. They're planning, you know, for 100 years. Uh, what, what does 100 years look like? What does uh, 150 years look like? Uh, and so they're they're uh, very much out there in the community. Where where, where do you see is let, let's assume well, well not assume but it's true but the, the the health and and, and longevity of, a, of a, a parks are are based upon obviously the care but but also the funding for all of that. Where where do you see the future of water for your parks? Yeah. You know that that is a really good um, insight to come from, right? Uh, so to have high quality of life, you need landscape, right? Uh, from creation, uh, we've had beautiful landscape. You go to the Teton Mountains and you're blown away. Why? Because it's beautiful landscape. You know. Um, in an aspect of a park, you are creating that landscape that children, elderly, uh, uh, anybody for that matter, um, may never see uh, unless it's at that park. And water is crucial. And so I see less turf here in the desert. I see more trees. I see stuff going on, automation. Uh, flow sensing uh, controllers on um, apps uh, with the city of Tucson. I had a vision, and it, it started with the uh, with the plumbers prior to me. Those plumbers incorporated uh, the Rainmaster DX2 systems in the early 2000s, and they had a vision that every controller in Tucson get on board right to a, a central system and um i was able able uh, i got all the funding and and all the plans i i left uh, uh for the parks department to continue but i i got all the rest of the controllers funded and 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 they're able now to get the whole uh, city of tucson park system on a central system um but as, as we go years out, uh, you, you really need to know where that water's going. Uh, again, curb-to-curb turf looks cool, 
but it, that's, that's not the mindset anymore. And um, do you see do you see and, much installation of artificial turf in the park? You know, we, we we don't have much of it yet. Uh, only a few of the high schools have their football fields artificial turf, uh, but we only have uh, uh, in the town of Marana. We don't have anything that's artic- artificial. Um, for the city of Tucson, it just had a, a few sites that was just you know cosmetic turf here, cosmetic turf there, uh, but very little. Uh, throughout the municipalities here in in the Tucson area, um, have artificial. So I know there's been there's been over the years lots of medical reports back east that uh, some of the artificial turf over time was causing cancer to kids and things of that sort. Plus, it's 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 a faster, it's just like professional football, it's a faster field. Uh, yeah, they, and, and I know they they wear special cleats. Versus regular turf mm-hmm. to play that and, and her. So, so, you know, there's always pluses and minuses that. Plus, it generates more heat if it's in the sun, 10, 10 to 12 Agreed. degrees hot. And, and uh, you know, when you were trying to cool down the climate change stuff and everybody's putting more artificial turf in or more rocks and things, you're just generating more heat uh, to come off. So, there's pluses and minuses to having that stuff. And I guess, and I, and I just read an article about PFAS. In, in some of the artificial turf. So I don't know, you know, it's, it's like anything. They come up with a great idea and everybody goes with it. And then 10, 15 years later, you find out it really wasn't a great idea. Cause you didn't know about a lot of it about it. So, yeah. And, kind of, and what grandma always said, a, a little dirt don't hurt. Right. <laughs> yeah. So, so, you know, you gotta be really proud of, of what you do and, and you sound, you like you love it to death, and that's great. Suppose the governor hops now, uh, decides she wants a water guru, and she dominates you as the czar of water. What do you think are, would be your top <laughs> three top three issues to fix in the state about water? Well, that would be fantastic. Congratulations on the job. Make sure you yeah. get what you want when you go in. Because once you go in, they don't give you any more money. But go ahead. <laughs> yeah. So uh, acting as state water boy, right? Yeah. Um, first off is uh, relationships. You have to build those relationships. Because if not, nothing can be successful. Uh, and, and another, find out pain points, what everybody is having. Uh, you can't please everybody, but what are the big fish commonalities that everybody is having issues with? And, um, again, you implement that system, and you have to follow through. Uh, for anything to be successful, you need to follow through with it. Uh, you need to monitor it. Again, that's where those relationships come into play. Uh, uh, you know your team. You know who you're dealing with. Is the facts coming to me true? We've seen it in our industry. People have fudged the numbers, right, uh, to create good reports. The numbers coming to me, is is, is, is this true? Is it uh, uh, filled with integrity? Is it filled with courage from others? Or is it just 
fluff? Is, is it just pencil fill? You know? So I, I think to do anything at that level, I think those are some really good uh, uh, avenues. How, how do you see infrastructure in, in uh, your part of the world? How do I see it? Well, yeah, I mean, you have aging aging infrastructure. Gotcha. Yeah. Yep. So, sort of... uh, how do I see it getting improved? Yeah, but that, and then, you know, do you see... Like some of the places that have ponds, do you see uh, algae blooms? Do you see any contamination yep. and things of that sort? I mean, are those, those the top-of-the-line things that need to be addressed? And do you think the, the government state is offering enough backing of those things to, to make those better? Because like you said, what you do today, you want it to last, not just you, but I'm sure all the residents, they want it to last for, for their kids and their grandkids and their great-grandkids. I mean, you know, yes. you you want to do it right the first time and not keep tearing it up every every four years to redo it, to do something different. Yep. So, infrastructure, let's talk that. Um, the systems that I was replacing uh, for the city of Tucson and the parks department, um, you know, were four, six, eight inch. Uh, it was the cement asbestos pipe. And, and that's what the municipality, the Tucson Water Department, was going uh, going with at the time. And so they finally matched. At that time, in the 50s, 60s, 70s, they were matching irrigation infrastructure with waterworks infrastructure. And it lasted a very long time. Still lasting 50, 60 years later, right? And so... Um, as we were replacing some of those systems in the last 10 years, you could see three lifespans. You can see the cement asbestos mainline, and then you could see some nice class 200 mainline, and then now you see C900. Uh, that's what um, I, I was actually fortunate uh, to create an uh, irrigation standard document for the city of Tucson Parks and Rec in 2019. Um, that came after uh, $800,000 of change orders, some heartache uh, off of $3 million. And um, it, it was because we did not have good uh, uh, irrigation design and construction standards. Uh, and so... Um, the, the pipe that I chose to go with was C900. If it's 4, 6, 8, or 12, that's what we're rolling with. And uh, if your water systems are pushing the same pressure and same volume as water work is to communities, right, to houses, to restaurants, to stores, to hospitals, if your system is providing that, to landscape, which quality of life, right? Uh, you need to value it the same way. And so we were putting in C900, uh, some really bulletproof systems. The main line, I mean, the, the main line would be there for 100 years. Uh, you would just be changing out some uh, RCVs, you know, changing out uh, technology, your your controllers, as uh, 10, 20 years goes, you know, you're going to update that stuff. But water's still going to run through pipes, <laughs> at least for the next 
10 years. You know, it's, it's not going to be some invisible water piping. So I, I honestly felt if this is the direction the water, um, the water agencies are going for the next 100, 150 years, I need to follow them. And so that was the mentality through uh, uh, the systems that we were putting in. You know, does, does that fit for everybody? Maybe not, you know, uh, because systems like that that will last 50 to 100 years comes with 50 to 100 year price tag. Uh, but as an irrigator, right, I was an irrigator for two years. I was a plumber and I was a supervisor all in the industry. I was tired of fixing the mistakes that was done before me. And, you know, I, I just humbled myself before staff. I said, staff, does this, does these irrigation standards that, that I have come up with, what do you want to tweak? And I listened, and I took their advice. I took my advice uh, as well from uh, on-the-job training, the good sweat and tears that I had, and some counterparts, Carl Kamensky, uh, uh and, and, and some other really good landscape architects in the region. And we came up with the um, But for us to value water like we say we do, right? Oh, water, water is so precious. In the industry, irrigation gets the last dollars. And I think because it's hidden. Uh, it, it's not sexy. Ooh, irrigation. Nobody is like, man, that's a beautiful RCV install. You know, that that main line was put in perfectly. You know, <laughs> nobody gloats about that stuff uh, except for us, right? And I would say we're like the 2% of the population. And, uh, yeah, that, that was the kind of stuff that, that we were doing that I left the city of Tucson with. Uh, I Basically a roadmap for their future. Hey, this is what success looked like before I got uh, uh, able to, to, to put my imprint on it. And, and, and this is what success looks like for me reaching out with Tucson Water and, and, and matching the industry. This is top-notch. This is next-level, best-practice uh, uh, direction. And, uh, you know, with, with the town of Marana, we believe in giving five-star service. And, and, and we are there to help, uh, whether if it's uh, internally or externally, we're there to help each other have a better day. And uh, that, that's what I bring to the table there, uh, five-star service for the community, for one another. And uh, it, it feels fantastic to serve like that. It sounds great. I mean, I know we got a, we've only got a few minutes left for sure, Dominic. But let me ask you. I, I mean, I've been I've been texting Rob on the side and asking let me ask this question because it's mm -hmm. important. Do you see? Yeah. So, Dominic, do you see the adoption of you know quote unquote smart technology happening quite a bit where you're at? What's your experience? What's been your experience in in it with your with your career? I mean, it's a big thing right now. Smart this, smart that, right? What? Um, uh, lawn, lawn moisture sensors and, and uh, detection, leak detection, all that kind of stuff. Kind of give us a, your your view. 
there is a huge push, but it's isolated. Uh, it's isolated at the individual to drive it within the within the municipality of their parks department, right? Um, it, because town leadership expects you to be the subject matter expert to, to kind of take us in the right direction, right? Um, or, or city leadership did, for sure. Town leadership, it's, it's kind of more all-inclusive. Uh, we're going in this direction together, right? But um, with the town of Marana, uh, almost every controller is flow sensing. Every controller is on a central system. And uh, it's absolutely the way the municipalities are going. Because number one, yes, it's smart. It, it, it's conserving in so many areas. But the other hand, we don't have staff to maintain sites like we used to, right? Uh, town of Marana is probably going to get 50,000 residents within the next five years. We as a parks department are going to build. How can we put things in play today to help us with that? Uh, to help us with the lack of staff shortfall, you know? So absolutely, yep. uh, people are using it and, and it's promoted. It's promoted, again, if you have integrity, and you're being uh, uh, smart with it. Yeah. We're, we're, we're coming up against our NBC News Hour that we have to relinquish our show to them because they are the big national broadcasting corporation and we're just a little show. Uh, but I, I, I tell you, you're, you're awesome. Your passion is unbelievable. Uh, it was awesome talking to you with your story. I hope I get to see you at one of the trade shows coming up. Uh, again, thank you for joining us today. Absolutely. My pleasure. Okay. And the, most water and the most important thing that Chris and I tell everybody before we leave is please help keep our planet blue. Blue. If you want green, you got to have blue. Good night, everybody. You have a great weekend. KCAA Loma Linda. The Legacy KCAA 1050 AM and Express 106.5 FM.